You're listening to another great podcast in the MyMac Podcasting Network. It's time for Geeks Pub. I'm Tim Robertson, joined by David Cohen. Hello, David. Good afternoon. Yeah. Nice morning for you. For morning. Well, we fell back an hour this week, so. Now, you guys do that next week or the week after? No, no, we did it last week. So you did it later last time and earlier this time? Yeah, well, it depends exactly. It's it's always the third Sunday, so... Um, oh, yeah, the sorry, the last Sunday in October, so it depends exactly when it falls. Oh, uh, ours is the first Sunday of November. Yeah. Hmm. So, anyway. It's I good, hate it. Good thing it happened today, otherwise you'd have been calling me, I wouldn't have been ready. Yeah. I was thinking <laughs> you were going to do the same thing to me. I completely forgot. After it happened last week, I completely <laughs> forgot. So. No biggie. <laughs> Um, so there's a lot of geeky stuff happening, um, including personally, uh, Cole and I, well, first of all, today, uh, we're going to Comic-Con in Grand Rapids, Michigan. Awesome. Um, awesome. and Julie, at least the plan right now is for Julie to come with us. She's never been. All right. Uh, I don't know if she's going to like it or not because she doesn't generally like big crowds. Yeah. Yeah. My, my wife is the same. Yeah. But yeah. Cole invited her, and uh, sounds like she's going to come. Is she going to be looking at it from a kind of crafting, building costume type perspective, or is she actually quite into the comic stuff herself? Uh, neither. I think she's just right. coming along because Cole asked. All right. Okay. I think she's Fair just enough. going to be a independent observer. And, and are either of you Cole dressing up? Cole is. I'm not. Yeah. You know, I did the Mando Lebowski at the Kalamazoo yeah. one months ago, but mm-hmm. no, I'm not doing that again. So what's Cole going as? He's going to go as Miles Morales again. Right. Okay. Um, he was going to go as this anime guy, which he did at the Kal- Kalamazoo one, but now he's going back to his Miles. Okay. I think cool. it's his favorite one. He gets a lot of people wanting pictures and stuff. Cool. Cool. Yeah. I'm, uh, I'm just about to... I'm I'm working through finishing Halo Infinite on my Steam Deck, and then Spider-Man Miles Morales is my kind of Christmas treat for myself is to play through that. Uh, it's very I love good those from what games. I, yeah, I know. Yeah, they're very good. Yeah. yeah. Speaking of video games, so I took a, a rare Saturday off from work. I don't usually do that. No. It usually costs money for me to miss a Saturday, but. Uh, there was a one-day-only event in Detroit. It was the Detroit Retro Video Game Show. Cool. And uh, Cole and I went yesterday. Mm-hmm. So two days in a row, we're going to do different things. Yeah. That was, uh, when you look at it on their Facebook page, not a lot of people talking, not a lot of pictures. It's happening at an Elks Lodge. And mm-hmm. it said 686 people are interested. So I thought, okay, it's just a one-day thing. It's like 10 to 5, 10 to 6, something like that. It's probably not going to be huge. Yeah. It's it's in an Elk Lodge. I mean, it, it can't be too big. Yeah. Um, and by when I say that, I don't want people to think it was some big wooden structure with logs or something. It's not. It's just a building. No. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's it's a, like a commerce center. Yes. Yes, exactly. Yeah. So we went yesterday, and I pulled into the parking lot, and the parking lot was completely full. We had to drive. Yeah three blocks south and two blocks west to find a parking spot on a street wow it was it was madhouse uh you figure there's probably at least two cars for each person for you know two people for each car i should say yeah there had to have been two thousand cars there 
Wow. Yeah, it was it was crazy. And um, we get in. Um, it was like five bucks to get in, so nothing. And <clears throat> we go into the first room, and I thought this was like the main hall at first, and it was kind of pathetic. They had some arcade games set up, and they had the, uh, you know, they always have door prizes, and you put your ticket in. We didn't win. Yeah. But there was somebody working, the only booth that was really, well, there was two booths in that one. They're both pretty big, but the first one is right by the door, and the guy working the booth I don't think has showered in a year. It stunk. Right. He stunk so bad that I heard a lot of people walk in that door and go, Oh, and turn around and walk right back out. And I thought, okay, this is going to be a long day. Then we go into yeah. what was the main hall and there was no BO in there other than, you know, big crowd BO, which you're always going to get. Yeah. But man, that first guy was just holy moly. Mm-hmm. Um, Cole bought some cool stuff. Um, we both have the play date. Yeah. I bought, this guy was selling these. Well, there you go. Round one. Uh, <laughs> this guy was selling these um, homemade stands, 3D printed ones. All right. And it's the same yellow color and it has four magnets on it. And you put, you just pop your little playmate on there and it just kind of floats there. Now, weren't, weren't they meant to be doing something like that? I, and, I thought uh, so. Has it ever, and has it ever come out? I don't think so, no. No. Because it's got the magnets for exactly this. Yeah. yeah. But I bought, he was selling them for 10 bucks, which I thought, you know, he spent all this time making it. It's probably a good deal. But he had a, um, a defect tub, if you will. Right. And I found one in there that was just missing one of the magnets. And I'm pretty sure I've got that magnet. But even without that magnet, it still stays on there perfectly. Yeah. So I spent five bucks for it, and it's a, mm-hmm. it's a nice little. I mean, it's obviously three D printed. You can see the little lines and stuff, but yeah, it's the same yellow. Mm-hmm. He did a really good job on it. I don't know That's who cool. he is, but he did a good job. And then I bought uh, a couple of other stands, and I got a Frogger Coleco top. Cool. You know what that is? Uh, the the uh, what's the name? The the banner that goes in the arcade game. No, uh, I got. It's a little. Uh, it's a little arcade sits on your desktop. They came out in the eighties. Oh 80s. right. Oh oh so oh yeah. So the Clico, the, yeah. the the elect- the electronic games yeah. ones and they 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 did ones that even in the eighties looked like a tiny arcade mm-hmm. game. Yep. Yeah. It's about what about six inches high, something like that. Uh, about that, yeah. Yeah, and it uses um four D uh, fluorescent batteries. Yeah, and fluorescent um kind of pre-printed things on the screen rather yeah. than being in actual LED, rest of screen, LEDs. Yeah. 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 So cool. I, I, I was, you know what? I always wanted those. Oh, um, they're awesome. Coleco always did the, you know, they, they, they appreciated that people wanted arcade style stuff. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to say they came out in like 82, 83, somewhere around there. And yeah. I got a Donkey Kong at the time. Yeah. And my parents, smartly, also bought an accessory with it, which is um, six fake D batteries or C batteries, I forget which, that actually y- you plug it into the wall because it didn't have right. a, a power plug. And this little thing will suck batteries dry in three seconds. So that was always a good thing. And I, it was one of my favorite presents because it was a little arcade, you know. Yeah. And years and years and years later, uh, I'm with my kids over there at the house at my parents' house 
And I mentioned that. My dad says, I think it's still in the basement in the cupboard down there. And I thought, no way, because I thought I had got everything out of the house years and years ago. So I went yeah. down there, opened it up, and sure, there it was. Perfect condition, a little dusty, and the battery, fake batteries with the power pack. I came up, cleaned it off, plugged it in, and it worked perfectly. Fantastic. The stickers weren't great. I did. Yeah. So I found yeah. a sticker pack, and uh, it looks brand new. Years ago, I also bought the same thing, but a Pac-Man one. Yeah. And then I always wanted the Frogger, but I don't know. I, I don't think it was as popular, so it's more money. Every time I look for yeah. one, I'm like, yeah, I'm not spending that much money for one. But I found one at the show. Um, I offered the guy 20 bucks. He said no. He wanted 25 We circled all the tables like four times, and I finally came back and bought it. Yeah. So, but it, the stickers yeah, are for, all uh, half destroyed. Five, yeah, no, but for $5, I mean, yeah. you know, it's you never coffee. Know. Yeah. Uh, but I, so I bought that, and uh, I already ordered the replacement stickers because the stickers look terrible on it. I have They did. Go. Yeah, they did a whole load of these though, didn't they? Yeah. Was, I seem to remember there was a Galaxian one. Um, I'm pretty sure there was a Donkey Kong Junior. Yeah, but it was differently shaped. It was different. Yeah. Um, there was a couple. There was a Tron, but I don't think it was the same company. Oh, you know what? No, no, the Tron was from Mattel because yes. I had I I had a copy. Of this is one of my most thumbed magazines ever, which for a teenager is saying something. Yes, I had I had a few copies of Electronic Games Monthly, which was a, a magazine that was out in the eighties. And um, I obviously in the eighties I was only in America for like two three months a year, so I I picked these up and they went out of business pretty quickly. But it it was it was a full magazine just about video games yep. and it was brilliant it was very well well produced and i and so every time i used to come back for the next few years you know i would have these on the shelf and i would read through them all again avidly <coughs> and on the back they had the review for the uh the tron um yeah led game yeah uh, handheld game uh, well not handheld it was big well, tabletop at the time it's yeah tabletop the sort of thing you have and i i wanted it so bad because tron the arcade game was one of my favorite games and this was the you know back then this was kind of uh, I, unless you had an television i think they had tron games on their television yes um but um apart from that this was the only way you get to play it at home and oh yeah i know ne- i never saw one so i never got an opportunity to buy one um but uh, i could have bought yeah, one I at must- the show yesterday but the guy wanted a hundred dollars and it was in rough wow. shape yeah, rough wouldn't do wouldn't do that no um but uh yeah i would um I would reread that review every year for about four years, and each time I thought, "Oh wow, I'd love to have one of those." And I bet you know what? I bet it was rubbish. <laughs> yeah. Oh, no question. <laughs> they were all bad, but, uh, but it yeah. didn't matter because that's what we well, had. Uh, that's what we had exactly. And the point is, is that you were, uh, you know, one of the things I think we lose nowadays. I was thinking this last night. I was playing Halo Infinite last night, and one of the things you lose nowadays with the games—they look so good, but you can't impose your imagination on them the way we used to when we were growing up you know when you had a 2600 and very very blocky graphics and like beepy bumpy sounds you had to impose your imagination on that to kind of get into the game and nowadays you don't need to do that because it's all there on the screen correct you know costing 300 million dollars to develop (laughs) i just sent you a link it's a website that i've had bookmarked for a few years I bought a couple of my handhelds from these people, and yeah. uh, they show a couple different 
you know, the ones that I'm talking about right now. It's called Vintage Toy Emporium. Yeah. And they have the Frogger. It's out of stock, $139. Wow. Well, $139.95, well, you know, so $140. Bucks. Co- the th- collectibles cost what people are prepared to pay for them. So if, uh, you know, people like yourselves have nostalgia. Yeah. Then Nostalgia um, pays. Nostalgia, nostalgia, yeah, nostalgia and disposable income. It's a devastating combination. <laughs> yes, it is. Uh, but yeah. I've, I picked up a couple of the handhelds that I had back in the day from this site and was happy to do mm-hmm. it, you know. I, I still have them. Yeah. Um, but, you know, what's funny is, because Cole knows what my video game collection, most of it's put away, you know. Yeah. But he remembers it from when he was littler. <coughs> I apologize for the coughing. I've got a throat thing going on. And they don't feel great. Um, it's not COVID. I think I'm coming down with a cold, and yeah. I can't afford to because Cole's really looking forward to Comic Con today. So I'm gonna probably going to feel. Up. Yeah, I'm just going to yeah. feel like shit the rest of the week, but that's fine. Yeah. Um. Anyways, he remembers my video game collection pretty well, and I've got photos on you know what it looked like when I had it all displayed and set out. But remember, I was collecting vintage video game stuff going way back to like 2000 2005 when ebay first became a thing and so i was picking up nes's for 25 bucks complete yeah now i you i'm when i say complete i mean in the box with the styrofoam everything i didn't keep the boxes because i didn't care i just wanted the console so i got almost all the old vintage video games way before it became a thing that's the way to do it. Uh, you know, they, this is just what I mean. The, the thing is, you know, tw- you're talking about 2005, so that's uh, what, nearly 20 years ago. Well, the stuff was a lot more available then yeah. because many more of them have broken or have, have burnt out or have been lost or are still sat in people's attics. Uh, and, uh, and, you know, the guys like us who, as I say, you get older, you've got more income start thinking oh maybe i'll go looking for those things and that drives the price up demand and limited supply drives the price up so that's why it's an expensive hobby now yeah too expensive sometimes yeah well so this is this is where i fall down on this you know i i've as you know i've collected an awful lot of vintage hardware over the years and i'm becoming less interested in it now because it's much much harder to keep it working um and the uh, the if if you want to get that quick kind of nostalgia hit you can get that from the emulation scene and um some of the reproductions and stuff like that if if you're just interested in you know having to play around with it for a bit and then putting it away yeah then then that can can do you you know you have to really be a bit more committed if like yourself you want to actually have the original hardware and then actually try it out i also think that for people like you and i that were into this 20 years ago when we didn't have a lot of money we were younger men obviously we got them back then or now when if you start getting into it now and you're our age your income level has gone up you can afford it yeah so because you can afford it the prices start going up they could charge more i mean this 25 dollar frogger to me it that's a no-brainer 25 bucks no problem but yeah. I could have bought it in mint condition 20 years ago for the same price. Yeah. But, you know, it is what it is. I am getting... Well, all, uh, all, yeah, the advantage you have nowadays is actually there are people who are capable of making new stickers and new plastics and things like that for absolutely. it. So you can actually 
bring it up to a better condition whereas uh you know you know it's it's cheap it's much cheaper to do that now than it ever has been yep. which is a real advantage Absolutely. because of 3d printing and all the, all the different process we have now well there's a guy i'm on a, a group called old may new and i think the yep. guy who started it his name is uh, neil henry and he 3D prints these Coleco cases, but right. he he doesn't use original hardware. He puts little pies, you know, uh, Raspberry yeah. Pis in there, and he puts a modern screen in it. So it looks exactly the way, but you know, it's emulation, so you can yeah play he, what you want. Yeah, and he'll make them, you know, ones that like Breakout and Mousetrap and Popeye and stuff that yeah. they never made back then in these shapes. Yeah. And uh, he, they're not cheap though. I hit him up a couple of years ago because I was kind of interested in getting a small emulator box like that. And I, th- <laughs> I want to say it was like two hundred bucks, two hundred fifty bucks, maybe three hundred fifty bucks. Yeah, but I, which I again, if 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 somebody's making it themselves, I don't think that's necessarily an unreasonable price. No, to no, charge. I, I'm not saying it's expensive. Yeah, I'm just but saying, o- but obviously, it was more than you, I was willing to pay. Yeah, exactly. So um, I've just searched for for Tron here on on the UK's eBay. Now they have one here. Um, this is Dieski's Electronic Emporium. Uh, this one looks in pretty good shape. They've reduced it. It was three hundred and seventy pounds. It's now one hundred eighty five pounds. Wow. Which uh, again is more than I'm propelling willing to pay even for that little piece of nostalgia. Um, and you know what? Sometimes. Sometimes it's better to do what you do, where you're not thinking about buying something and then you come across it yep. and you find it for, I mean, I've got to say, $25 for that Froggy game is probably yeah. a bit of a steal. Yeah. Oh, I agree. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it, yeah. it's not in perfect condition. Don't get me wrong. No, no. Yeah, I know. But but nevertheless, I mean, the point is, is you could clean it up a bit and you could probably sell it and, and make four or five times what you paid for it. Oh, yeah. If I wanted to you sell know? it. Absolutely. Yeah. There's one here for $99, uh, £99 for the Tron game. Um, and, it, and it's been taken apart and refurbished and everything as well. See, that is still too much money for that. But it is. It's, it's, it's still temptation. But it's closer to temptation money, that. That's, that's where you can start going, well, I could sell this and I could do that. And then maybe it would be cost neutral. And it's just like, that's bad. Yeah, here's bad one. things to do. Uh, Sega Coleco 1982 Frogger tabletop works. No battery cover. My battery cover there actually says Miss Pac-Man on it. Yeah. And battery covers are, are definitely the sort of thing that can be 3D printed now. Or you can, you know, it's on the bottom. You can just use duct tape. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, there are, that is, that is not a, a that is not a limitation nowadays. Um, and, um, you know, you were saying about the, that's kind of a cool thing that your parents got you, which was the the thing that converted the battery input into uh, yes into mains. It was called but the now Coleco it... Permapower. I just found it on eBay. Oh, right. okay. It's thirty dollars plus twenty dollars shipping. Right. So nowadays, actually, what you can do is you can get these little plastic shells that will make the batteries like kind of C or D size, but then you and you just put a double A inside them. Yeah. Uh, and then the double A's behind them, and, and that means you can use rechargeable double A's, and you've kind of solved your problem there as well. It's uh, you know, it was a fun time to be a kid. You know, we had like these are terrible games. That's not, but when you're our age and and that's you loved it. So, yeah. oh well, here you go, Coleco Kong, nineteen eighty two, 
very fine game, no battery cover, make fair offer, $556 is from the UK, or yeah, best well, offer. Yeah. Someone's on crack. That, that'll be why. So yeah, I, I'm seeing these games somewhere between 100 and 200 pounds for the Tron game, Yeah, um, which probably means it's not on my, uh, not my Christmas list, but uh, hey, there you go. Maybe I'll see if I can find in. Well, it's like what you said, though, and it's not the same. You can. Um, here's yeah. the thing, though. When you when you just don't buy it online and it's shipped to you, that, that does take a little bit of the discoverability out. And, and it, yeah. you were, I think, alluding to this. There's something to be said for being at a show like this and coming across it and go, yeah. oh, and then it's cheaper than you would expect, and it's right there, and you can buy it. And yeah. it's a find instead of, oh, there it is online. I could just buy it right now. You know, yeah. there. It, I think it, it means a little bit more. At least it does to me. Yeah. To find no, it I this agree. way, you know. This is, this is why people do antiques fairs and stuff like that is because they want to go out and find stuff. Yeah. And, they especially, and everybody loves a bargain. Yeah, so, yeah everybody uh, does. You're not wrong. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, no, I'm, I'm glad I got it. It's... Uh, here, I'm trying to take a picture of this little... Yeah, I'll do it right here. There we go. And we're going to send that to David Cohen. So you should see this picture any second. It's the uh, uh, the stand that I got. Yeah. And then, you know, I had those... Uh, well, Nintendo came out with the little handheld, the newer gaming watches, the Zelda and the Super Mario. Yeah. Same guy had 3D printed uh, stands that were color matching and looks really cool. I bought those too. Cool. I think it was yeah, this is a- two for ten bucks, something like that. Yeah, this is a nice stand. Yeah. I'd uh, I'd buy one of those. It even has a uh, the cutout in the bottom for the power cable, so you can run the cable underneath and plug it in. Yeah. <coughs> Excuse me. It's uh, cool. it's neat. I, I like it. So was it? You you say the car park was full. So was inside really busy? Yeah. In fact, when uh, Cole and I were going to step out for a little bit to get some fresh air, but there was a long line because they weren't letting any more people in until some people came out. And so we were like, yeah. okay, forget about the getting outside and get some fresh air because yeah. uh, we're going to have to wait a half hour to get back in. Yeah. But it's it was a neat thing. It, you know, they're doing it again, I think they said in April. And Cole's like, can we come back in April? Yes, and we're going to come early. Um, <laughs> because dad doesn't want to park five blocks away again yeah Um, but it it was neat it was i've been waiting to go to a a video game thing like this for a while he loves comic-con yeah um and and it's fun don't get me wrong but the video game stuff is more interesting to me it is to him as well don't get me wrong but you know i'm more into video games than i am into comic books now but let's so let's talk about comic books for a minute um yeah vanity fair a lot of people are saying this was a hit piece, but I would disagree. Vanity I, Fair. I, 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 yeah, yeah, I read it and I, I didn't. I, it wasn't anything you could disagree with, really. Well, the, so, the thing is, you know, if it, if it's true, then it's not really a hit piece, is it? <laughs> I didn't read anything in there that I found objectionable or no, untrue. exactly, yeah, yeah. I mean, what? So, it's basically an article about the state of Marvel now, from within Marvel. And how they're kind of panicking because a lot of the stuff they've been producing lately hasn't been met with, you know, what they would they would consider a success. Yeah. And it really 
I mean, honestly, it comes down to two different things. Well, really one. They're churning out too much content and they're not letting it breathe. They're not, yeah. they're, they're rushing stuff out. So you're getting bad special effects, which we've been talking about for years here now. Yep. And bad writing. And bad writing. Yeah. That's, yeah. that's really the part that you, I What's, can forgive yeah. the bad FX, but I can't forgive bad writing. What I find interesting is the, um, the thesis that this article puts together. Um, and, and apparently a lot of people say this is true. So, you know, I don't, I'll, I'll, I'll consider it. I'll not necessarily say, you never know with these, with these insider articles, if, you know, it it's possible that every single source that Variety had, had a bit of an ax to grind. And so it coalesced into something that looks worse than it actually is. But, um, what is said in the article is that Kevin Feige has a reputation as being a fixer and that, you know, it doesn't matter what what problems you might have in a production, he will fix it in post um, and apparently has done this many, many times and, you know, sort of coordinates reshoots and reschedules and various different things to kind of, you know, pull pull a pearl out of a sow's ear, yeah? Um, and um, the problem is he's one guy and they've got a lot of stuff. So even if he was consistently able to do that every single time, he hasn't got the time or the resources to do it. Um, and uh, to me, it, it then begs a wider question, which is if they've been kind of, I mean, that that's a Hail Mary thing to do. So it shouldn't be a business strategy. You should be saying, well, you know, why do we keep having to fix this stuff in post? Let's take a step back and figure out why and not do that anymore. Um, and that is most definitely what Marvel has not been doing. I mean, I think, you know, you and I have differed over the years about some of the projects that they've done and whether we like them or not like them. And sometimes you like them and I don't and vice versa. Um, but it, it's, certainly, it's certainly true that, you know, generally the level of quality is, is, is there's more, there's more failures than there used to be. It used to be that, you know, maybe two, two out of 10, 20% maybe you would go oh okay that was all right you know right. we all remember we all remember iron man 2 <laughs> you know pretty bad um, and stuff and stuff like that yeah but it in it's definitely creeping up there and the problem is is that they pivoted to this tv stuff which we were thrilled about when they did it well that's because now, when they announced it marvel was still at the top of their game everything yeah. was well not everything but most things were really good yeah and now they're not and a lot of the tv stuff has been meh and some of it has been terrible uh, and even wars. the good even the good stuff you know i mean we're halfway well two-thirds of the way through loki now i'm enjoying it but you know what that it's it's really complicated and very often um it's I've too long with, for what they're doing there's yeah, there's two I've, episodes right in the middle that weren't needed they didn't yeah, they but, didn't do anything yeah and very often i'm halfway through the episode and i'm thinking all this stuff they're doing now why are they doing it yeah. <laughs> it's just like that there's an awful lot of why are they doing it and there's a been a very real thing of oh big problem we must go and fix it at the beginning of every episode um and it and, and it's a little bit tiresome because uh <coughs> it you know it's 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 just not it again it comes back to the i don't, don't want to criticize the writing too much because actually i think the characters they've created in there and the way they're written and played are still absolutely spot on but the actual overarching plot is a little bit of a mess and you're always going to get a little bit of that with time travel but um yeah it's i i, I find myself and maybe it's because it's 
week by week and it's it would be better if you just binge your way through it but i just find myself halfway through the episode going um okay why are they doing this again i don't really understand um and and there's been quite a lot of that in this season which they had less of in the first season and again it's comes back to you know is the writing good enough and when it comes to the movies i i think since since covid really they really struggled yeah, they've really struggled to deliver the sorts of hits in the movie theatres that they had before. And I don't know whether part of that is because people aren't going to the theatres as much as they used to. But I, I, th- I think definitely as well is, is yeah, we we, we saw it with um, Quantumania, the, the level of quality. I would, really I would say down. we saw it. What really gave me pause more than Quantumania was the Thor movie, uh, yeah. Love and Thunder, because Ragnarok... Same cast, same director. Ragnarok was brilliant. It was yeah. so good. Quant, um, uh, Love, and, Love Thunder and Thunder was so bad. Well, I enjoyed Love and Thunder more than you did, but I would definitely agree it was nowhere near the quality of Ragnarok. Um, absolutely. Uh, and I mean, they had a Christian Bale, for God's sakes. How could, you know, yeah, it was just I know. bad. I know. I, I know. I'm, you know, I don't, I don't shy away from those criticisms and as i say what i enjoyed it but it wasn't as good as as some of the other movies and doctor strange was just terrible it was really terrible and it, and again it it's one of these things where like you know the the ideas are good but the execution isn't there um and you do have to wonder what's going on with with the studio it's now. gotta it's is gotta it, come down to writing though because there so many of these movies they take you out of it because of the giant plot holes yeah. you know they they established this Okay, this is a world with all these different superheroes. They all live together, but for the most part, they never interact. Yeah, I mean, yeah, they started doing some of that uh, far from home when Spider-Man, yeah, goes to Doctor Strange. That made sense. Bringing yeah. in these other versions of Spider-Man because of the multiverse, well, well done. And then you look at Multiverse of Madness. You think they're going to continue on that? No, it's just they go to one different place basically for a brief period of time and. Well, again, that was one of the ones where the plot didn't make a lot of sense. Right. Uh, there is, and there is a real problem now that, that um, the Variety article talks about as well, whereas for a lot of these movies, you have to have watched all the TV shows, bad as they might be, some of them, in order to understand what the hell's going on. Yeah. And one of the reasons for it, allegedly for a, a big load of reshoots on the upcoming The Marvels, which everybody's already trash-talking, by the way, um, which I don't get, um, but, but apparently they had to do girls. a whole load of... It's a bunch of girls, yeah, but, that's why. Yeah, I know. Uh, but apparently they had to do a load of reshoots because they did some test screenings, which again is not something Marvel normally does, but they did some test screenings and half the people didn't know what the hell was going on because two thirds of the cast they'd never heard of before. Right. Because, because they, they haven't came watched from the, the, the TV shows. They came from WandaVision and they came from Miss Marvel yep. and they, they, they didn't know who they were and what they were there and why they were suddenly so important. And, you know, we've talked about that as well as a problem in the past. And, um, you know, I think I think the difficulty is is that the the phase thing that Marvel does. I mean, the last couple of phases have been duds anyway. The whole multiverse phase was really was a dud. Yep. It didn't re- it didn't really coalesce into something that was important. Well, they they're not now, done with it though because Deadpool continues that. Uh, yeah. Okay, but but that fa- I mean they're in phase four. That was a phase three. Yeah. Well. So I don't know who can you know, keep track by, anymore. By that, well, well, that uh, maybe the, that's part of the problem. Well, yeah, and I think is, it is because the phases should be. Look, the whole point of the Avengers is that 
it's a bigger problem than the one single hero can handle, right? That's yeah. kind of the whole thing with the Avengers. Should be the same thing with the Justice League, but it's not really. So yeah. the whole thing with we got to bring all these guys together. The very first Avengers movie did it brilliantly. I know yeah. that it's not, you know, politically correct to be on Josh Wheaton's, you know, good sides or anything right now because he's kind of a scumbag. But he did a brilliant job with that. He, yeah. he really did. And if you go back and watch The Avengers now, it's almost a perfect superhero movie. Oh, yeah. No, I'd... I'd, I'd... I'd say that to this day, I would definitely, uh, definitely say, and you know, the, the sins of the director are not evident in the show, no, not at the, all in the movie. No. Um, and yes, it is pretty much a perfect, it's perfect. There, movie, there's actually. almost nothing yeah. in there. That's fluff. That's it's so good. Right. Yeah. But they built up to it slowly. You know, you had a couple captain America movies, uh, or no, I, you know, I think we only had one at that point. No, we had one, but but again. But they had and, two and, Iron Man, they had Thor, they had, I mean, and then they bring in new characters like Hawkeye, and it works. You just yeah. you just buy into it, and Loki was brilliant in that movie. Yeah. So they showed how to do it, and then they completely, and I, and I would argue that Captain America Civil War is an Avengers movie. Yeah. And... You know, it builds off the second Avengers movie where uh, Wanda accidentally kills people, you know. Yep. And it's so good. They And they bring in new characters as needed because the Black Panther makes his debut in Civil War. Yeah. And you completely buy it. You understand the motivation. Now, it's just throwing crap out there to be crap. Okay, we well, have to yeah. have 10 episodes of this. And I think this is another point that you made in the notes. Yeah. Okay, this is going to be 10 episodes, go. Well, how about you let the writers or the showrunner go, okay, this is the idea. It's going to be uh, four episodes. Oh, yeah. no, we got to have... Why? Let them create yeah. the way you know they can create. I think a lot of it is the studio mandating it has to be this. I think that's the deal with Loki. I think that, if anything, all this stuff going on Loki could have been tacked on at the end of the first season in one episode, and it would have been fine. Yeah. But yeah. we gotta we gotta put out content. We gotta have new stuff, and it's gotta be this. No, I, I mean what what really struck me about that is you remember they did that Werewolf by Night show. Yeah, the uh, it was the really good. Movie. It was really good, and it was deliberately done in black and white. Yep, because um, that was the aesthetic they were going for. It really worked within the thing. I, I turned on Disney Plus the other day. It's there, but they've colorized it now. Well, it's a it's a special colorized version just for Halloween. But, I get it. That's well, not yeah, a big but, deal. Yeah, but no, I, I, no, I'm sorry. It is because you've taken something where the the aesthetic was part of the property and you've gone oh yeah well we're going to colorize it now for the people who don't like black who won't watch black and white i'm sorry stick to your principles yeah, i agree don't just you. churn out stuff like that and um so the other the other problem that that marvel has is the jonathan kang problem yeah and this this very much goes to loki now you know i'm a strong believer in you know don't don't uh, cancel people just because they're alleged to have done something wrong. Yeah, uh, it, you people are innocent until proven guilty. But the problem for Marvel and Disney is that they're a family company. Yeah, this is a guy who 
is alleged to have alleged to have done some pretty terrible things and behaved in a terrible way. And their particular problem is those terrible things and the terrible way he's behaved is kind of how his character he plays behaves. Uh, and that doesn't play well when they don't know how that's going to work out. Yeah. And so they've, they've, got, they've they, definitely you know, got a problem. Yeah. They've hung the face allegedly on this guy. You know, he's Kang is the is the the big bad that's coming up, and um, you know they are working towards that, and potentially, you know, they've got a character and they've got stuff in the can, and they've got characters played by somebody who really might turn a lot of audiences off um, if if, he, if he's you, found guilty. Do you smell Flash right now? Yeah, well, it's it's very very similar, isn't it? And yeah. look, look how the Flash turned out; exactly. it absolutely bombed. Yeah. And part of that will be because a lot of people have gone, oh, I've heard about that guy on Entertainment Tonight. Mm-hmm. I don't want to see a movie with him in it. Whether it's true or not, the problem is, is some people, you know, we're, we're very judgmental in in uh, in the world nowadays. And we're very influenced by media and social media in particular. Some some people will, will just put somebody in the don't want to watch bucket and that'll be it. Yep. Uh, and they've got a real problem with that too. So you know they really are kind of in a mess, and it's a mess largely of their. Obviously, you can't blame them for the Jonathan Kang thing, but perhaps uh, Jonathan Kang. There you go, that works. Um, <laughs> Jonathan Majors as Kang. You can't blame them for his um, alleged transgressions and what's happened in his personal life, um, but maybe it says perhaps building your. Um, <laughs> You know, five or next five or six movies on the outcomes of one person is a risk that perhaps you shouldn't take in future. Uh, and at, you know, yes and no because look, Ronnie, Robert Downey Jr. was not a sure thing when he got that Iron Man. He had been to jail. He had a big drug problem before. It was very public. Um, so. Yeah, I, yeah, I don't know. Di- it was a different situation then, though, because they weren't pinning the entire hopes of the Marvel Universe on on the first Iron Man movie. It ended up being like that, but right. actually, had had it not worked out, they could have done something else. But I think the problem is now they've, they're have they committing too far down the line, and it goes back to that, uh, that problem you first talked about, too much content. Yep. All of the content is structured around this idea they've got of Kang, and the difficulty now is it's very hard for them to pivot away, because... They, they're kind of all going in that direction and maybe they just need to de-scope everything a little bit less content less um uh, less rush yeah it should more be time it should be yeah? a special event when something like this happens yeah Not and also it's coming up yeah, next yeah. month exactly and also make the ties a lot looser than they are yeah you know the criticism about you know why why aren't the Avengers helping out this this guy that guy, you know that you could say that about any comic. You know if you if you pick any particular uh, comic where you see the Fantastic Four and they're up against something that that potentially could end the universe, you can you could say then say well how, how come how come nobody else is helping them how come how come they don't pick up the phone and call the x-men or uh, the avengers or uh, all their other super friends um you know that that criticism is, is always going to be there and, and i think you know I'm, I'm prepared to let that one ride a little bit more but the the difficulty is is a lot of these movies and a lot of these tv shows have become low stakes um not really not really well put together uh so badly put together that apparently you can rearrange all the episodes and think you can still yeah that was the whole still make she a hulk. show out of it the she hulk but i think um i think there's been a couple of others where they've done that too 
Um, and, uh, you know, you can't just keep going on like that. You can't just keep faking it. They're effectively faking it to make it yeah. on the back of their reputation at the moment. And that's just not good enough. And that's not kind of what we expect. Speaking of faking it. <laughs> <laughs> good one, that one. Um, <laughs> HBO used fake or secret troll counts to criticize TV critics who were blasting stuff on his channel, if yeah. you will. So <clears throat> this is the, the CEO of, of HBO who, uh, as I said to you before we start, you just need to one, take one look at his picture and you, you think, God, that guy's a jerk. <laughs> um, yeah, apparently uh, what he did, and he, of course he didn't do it himself because that's what not, not what media executives do. He got somebody else... Uh, this has all come out as part of a lawsuit. Um, he got somebody else to, uh, if 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 a critic criticised anything HBO did, yeah, he would uh, contact one of his lackeys, another executive, and would say, right, I want I want this guy. It would be great. Please find some way to communicate um, to this guy that we're annoyed with him and we're going to take him down, right? And so what what the second executive did is then did is is coerced a an employee who's now suing for wrongful dismissal to create fake accounts and have a go at people um and uh this guy would write the messages or the tone of the messages he wanted he'd pass it on to the second exec who would then pass it on to the lackey and the lackey would have to you know write fake takedown tweets it's absolutely pathetic and it just go you know, these these people are in charge of million dollar multi-million dollar companies and they are wasting their time reading social media and going oh i've got to come back at that guy uh but can't seem to do it myself you know let me go and uh, ask a flunky to do it for me it's 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 astonishing to be honest and if i was a shareholder in these companies i'd be demanding the guy's head yeah. Um, and and what has he said now? When this came out, this came out in Rolling Stone. Um, it was reported, um, as as I say, as part of discovery for a wrongful termination lawsuit. So they've basically they've pulled all these guys' WhatsApp messages and emails and and have trawled through it and found that this is going on. Um, the guy then came out and said, "Well, anybody who knows me knows that I'm a very different person now, and I'm not obsessed with social media anymore, and I'm very very sorry." And it's just like. Yeah, I do, I, well, I don't understand how anybody can work with somebody like that, really. Um, it's absolutely appalling. And I don't understand why these massive companies employ people who are prepared to behave like this. You know, so petty and mean and privileged. I mean, how can you rely on somebody to be making decent decisions when that's their attitude towards what they do at work? I, I just don't get it. Um, it's disgusting. But yep. I'm not shocked or surprised by it, to be honest. It, HBO is not what they used to be. The the caretakers of HBO has completely ruined it. I mean, mm. if you want to see what HBO should be now, just look at Apple TV. Because yeah. they're producing really good original content. Yep. You know, they're taking some properties and and doing stuff with it, but nothing that's been done before and and for the most part it's it's all really good 
Yeah, um, yeah. Well, again, you know, com- contrast it to the discussion we've just had about Marvel. This is a this is clearly a place where Apple are putting in the financing, but are letting the creators and the writers get on with it. Yeah. And they're producing yeah. uh, most John of the Stewart time. Might might disagree. Well, okay. So so let's let's talk about that. So a lot of the stuff on Apple TV, uh, as the original content, is really good. But yeah. and and here is the dichotomy: Apple TV also has engaged some. People have reputation for being controversial and taking a, uh, a, a perhaps a, a, a well, we're going to tell you the truth no matter what um, stance. And John Stewart is definitely somebody like that. Uh, and um, apparently, he was going to have a go at China and AI and, and AI and uh, the U.S. ties with China. These were things he was planning for his the next series of his talk show. Uh, and Apple said, Ooh, you know what, well, that really is not going to work for us because obviously we've got um, a reputation to keep in China and we, you know, we're trying to work with them and this, that and the other. And obviously, you know, we don't want to piss off the rest of the tech industry. So could you just drop those topics, please? And Stuart said no. And so Apple said, well, no second series. Yeah, it's um, disappointing. And I'm, I'm more than a little ashamed of Apple in this. I'm not. You know what? I'm not ashamed. I'm not surprised. But the only thing I would say is is Apple should not hire people like John Stewart if, and then think, well, you know, if he goes into areas we're not happy with, we might have to have to um, deal with him. You know, right? for a they company never- that likes to proudly say made in California and rah, rah, USA. Oh, but we don't want to piss off the Chinese. So please don't. No, well, I don't give him a pass they, on this. Not at well, all. Well, well, yeah. I don't give them a pass for doing it, but I think then I think the better way of handling it would have been never to have hired him in the first place. To recognise that somebody like John Stewart is a journalist as much as he is a comedian. No, he's not. And well, he'll be the first to tell you he is not a journalist. All right, right, fine. It, but it's an talk- opinion piece. There's a difference between it, journalism and opinion. Okay, but the thing is, he's talking about world affairs. It, and he's yeah, talking about. Did you never watch are- the Daily Show? People, come on. This yeah, is this exa- is what he does exactly. This is what he does. This, this is, you know, this is. So like, the it's, moment it's, they try to stifle him, and knowing what his background is, knowing what his opinions are, knowing where that he's probably going to have a hot take on China because it's kind of a big topic, and AI because it's kind of a big topic, for you not to allow him to do that or to try to, you know, put a quash on that, they don't get a pass at all. Well,. Yeah, I think they should have seen it coming and avoided it, to be honest. And if they were too I stupid guess, to see it coming, again, uh, I don't give them a pass on it. Yeah, I think, um, I, I suspect the way this went was that when they realized that he was going to do this, the it was the Hail Mary moment again was to say, well, you know, look, we either need to prevent it by cancelling the show or we can ask him not to do it. And, you know, never know, we may get lucky and he may say fine. And uh, he didn't say fine. And so they cancelled him and they cancelled the show. And uh, like I said, you know, hopefully they'll have learned a lesson, which is, you know, you can't be controversial and also play it safe at the same time. And you've got to recognize, you know, where your where your bread is buttered. And unfortunately, Apple is very, very dependent on China. Uh, And um, Apple has an AI story to tell as well. It's not the same as everyone else's. 
but they don't want some somebody coming out and effectively saying oh ai is going to kill us all and it needs to be stopped which is presumably the take he was going to take i would assume so um, but who knows yeah you know I, I'm, um, I'm very just dis- because hbo here, here's a counter to what i was saying earlier does let somebody on their platform do exactly that yeah and and um what's his name john oliver mm-hmm. yeah now and he i mean he tears the execs at hbo and you or his owner a new one every week yep. most of the time if he, if he thinks so and they allow him to do it because they recognize that um you can't have we no uh, media company should ever really have um executives dictating uh, new news style content uh, if they think it's going to be embarrassing you've got to keep your hands off it yep and uh you know that's that's apple is is i suppose it shows how naive they are in this media space um and uh you know they are uh, they presumably have learned a lesson from this um we'll see yeah it's disappointing to say the least i love john stewart i wish he'd run for president you might know. No, he's too smart. You, yeah. The smart people don't run for public office anymore. No. So with that, we're going to wrap up this episode of the Geeks Pub. We'll be back hopefully next week with a tech fan. A lot of stuff to talk about on the tech side of business. Of uh, you know, a lot of things going on there as well. Yeah. It is, however, coming up on the holiday season, so you never know. Um, Mr. Cohen and I might get pretty busy. I but we will try our best, and uh, anybody who doesn't like it can withdraw their um, payment to our salary. Yep, and contact our <laughs> sponsors and complain. Yeah, exactly. See you next week. See you then. <laughs>